calling all queens It's time we live out our dreams It's the year to 30, girl, the year to 30 Getting financially free and we healing and hurting It's the year to 30, girl, the year to 30 Loving me and all my queens cause we know we are worthy It's the year to 30, girl, the year to 30 Getting financially free and we healing the hurting It's the year to 30, girl, the year to 30 Loving me and my queens because we know we are worthy Today on the episode of the 30 Girl Podcast, we will chat with another finance geek just like myself, Michelle Jackson. She is mission driven to help readers and listeners empower themselves financially, whether it be improving their personal finances or learning how to sell what they already know. She loves having those conversations with people. Michelle runs a website and podcast called Michelle is Money Hungry and is also the founder of Money on the Mountain. It's a retreat focused on empowering financially single women, one conversation at a time. Kind of sort of what we do here on the 30 Girl Podcast. When she's not geeking about personal finance, you can most certainly find her hiking in the mountains of Colorado. Be sure to stay tuned for more. And don't forget to head over to Michelle is Money Hungry to follow her podcast and all of her endeavors. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the 30 Girl Podcast. Tonight with us, we have a very special guest. Michelle Jackson, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, it's a pleasure. Please go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners. So hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. My name is Michelle Jackson. I am a blogger and podcaster out of Denver, Colorado. I run a website and podcast called Michelle is Money Hungry. I also run a project about Colorado called Square State. Um, I do that because I want to normalize the fact that there are actually people of color in Colorado. Mm -hmm. Um, I love talking about personal finance and empowering people to learn how to live their best lives with um, growing their income, uh, slashing uh, their expenses, and just really strategizing on how they can live their best lives. Now I'm a huge fan of slow fire. We can get into that later, which is financial independence, retire early. And, um, I do believe that regular fire has it all wrong. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. I love that. Um, and here on the 30 girl podcast, financial literacy is definitely something that we push. So having you on could help, um, myself and all of the listeners who are tuning in. So I do want you to talk about your name and your business. Michelle is money hungry. Please explain that. How did you come up with, you know, Michelle, of course, is your name, but yeah, give us the background story on your, you know, your brand. So this is actually the second name for my brand. I started blogging in 2012 and the name was very different. And um, in fact, at the time it was called the shop, my closet project. And the idea was to, uh, use what I have, love what I've got and live my best life. So it was very mm-hmm. much like, you know, um, frugality focused and that kind of thing. And uh, when you create content for as long as I did and just um, work towards an end go- a financial end goal that, that I was, which was uh, debt freedom, 
you change. And so mm -hmm. I decided I wanted to rename my, my project and Michelle's money hunger came to me because I felt one that it was a little bit, um, it was a name that made people react in either a positive or negative way. Um, and the other reason was I wanted to always tell myself when looking at my project that it was okay to want to earn more. I think in personal finance conversations, there's a lot of focus on outfrugaling your debt, outfrugaling your bad habits, outfrugaling everything. And quite mm -hmm. fr frankly, excuse me, um, earning more really should be at the forefront of any financial conversation, because that ends up being like negotiating a higher wage, changing your job so that you're, you're making more. So maybe you have a job and you're like, there's no way I can negotiate, you know, I can't mm -hmm. get blood from a stone from this job. So I'm going to strategically change my job and, and by, by applying for jobs that, that start 30% more, I can, I can grow my income from there. So, so, uh, or starting an entrepreneurial venture or what have you. So I just felt like Michelle is money hungry is allowing me to say, I'm allowed to earn more so that I can live a better life. At the time that we are recording this episode, 40 million Americans have applied for unemployment. Those are great depression numbers, period, end of story. So I can't be, um, timid about saying that I want more for myself. And so um, I know that the, the name can make some people be like, oh my God, are you like money hungry, like greedy? And I'm like, no, I, I want to live a better life. And that right. means I need to have more money so I can help my mother. So I can donate to a defense fund for people who are um, protesting for my rights. If I want, to, if I, God forbid, got sick from the Rona, um, I just saw a person who had an $850,000 bill. So you have to have money in order to do things and to help people and to be empowered and to make decisions that are better for you. So that is why the name is Michelle is Money Hungry. Yes. And I love everything about that. Um, and one thing that definitely stood out to me is, you know, wanting, number one, wanting to live your best life and two, you saying that you're not timid to want more. So, um, that is something that a lot of us struggle with. A lot of us feel bad, you know, for asking for more money in salary or even applying for jobs. Like you said, we, we feel timid thinking that we aren't capable, number one, of obtaining those type of positions or mainly being compensated for, you know, the amount of money that's listed. Why do you think that is such a hard problem for us? Well, Today. I think um, I'm going to be very blunt. So I think women in general, whether they're black, white, or green have that issue, mm -hmm. but for women of color in particular, because of the roles that we've tra traditionally worked in, that's also problematic. So normally we've been in jobs that have been of service to others. And so when yeah. we're talking about earning more, we're kind of flipping the script, right? Um, where mm -hmm. if you are a social worker, that is such a, a, a beautiful job to have that makes you work a hundred hours a week. And I mean, you're earning those dollars. So to flip the script and be like, I'm going to be a social worker who, wor who works for a, a, um, organization that, that has at its um, core mission that I'm only going to work 40 hours, but I'm going to earn twice the amount. That's a difference. That, that's a different feeling. 
So it's almost mm-hmm. like we're taught that in order to have money, we have to struggle to get it or that we have to work Absolutely. really, really hard to get it. And yeah. that uh, money equals pain um, and struggle. And we are in 2020. And even though 2020 in general is a great dumpster fire of chaos and crazy, um, what I will say is 2020 is also a time of technology. And a lot of us um, are really underutilizing technology to do a few things. One is to research um, what's out there, to learn more, to sell what we already know online. Like there's a lot of, uh, you know, to um, save more money because we can use a lot of tools, you know, technology tools that are created um, to help us when we don't have the discipline to do the things or we don't we don't have the knowledge about certain things so linkedin actually is a great example so i'm an entrepreneur but if i were not an entrepreneur no i'm an entrepreneur and i'm learning to really leverage linkedin right because people are looking Mm -hmm. for ways to work with people but if i were not entrepreneur and i were look and i was in the process of trying to change my 9 to 5 earn more i would be on linkedin like crazy are you kidding because that's all yeah. people want to do um, is have conversations so that they can better their professional lives so um, i feel like i almost got a little ranty sometimes i do that <laughs> no, i love it and you no and you're so right um and even going back to what you said, we have to learn and it's a learned behavior. And I think the more you know, and the more you educate yourself, you'll know that there are ways out here for you to make an excessive amount of income, um, working smarter and not harder. That's the biggest thing. You have to find your niche and find your area and then also find your drive and figure out what's passionate, what you're passionate about and do that. I stress that a lot. Um, to my listeners and even my my peers that I'm in contact with is like, what do you mm-hmm. love? Um, a lot of times we we end up going back full circle later in life. If you can find what you love now, today, and get started on that, hone in on those skills. And like you said, and putting some putting your own pay grades behind your your knowledge and ch- charging people, you know, to rack your brain. And I should say, so here's an example. Um, I am an entrepreneur. I make money different ways. And one of the ways that I make money is I do some freelance writing. I don't do a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, one, because I'm really particular about the the jobs that I do. They have to pay a certain amount. They have to be pretty chill. The editor, like there's certain things I'm just not going to write for anyone. This week, right. so this was this week, uh, a very large organization that's very well known reached out to me. And it was weird because I actually had planned on pitching them. And in a, a, uh, a social media feed, they had shared what they were going to start people at for for posts. Uh, so this freelance writing. Mm-hmm. When they emailed me, though, they were like, we start at $200. But in the social media post, it was like, we start at $400. Now, <laughs> but but the thing is, I'm also in a personal finance community. I have friends who've written for mm-hmm. this, this, this place, this uh, media uh, company. So I knew that they were mm-hmm. undershooting me even before having, like I had already planned to, to pitch them, but they had reached out to me. So it was like a weird, like, you like the universe was working on this. Oh yeah. And so sure. one of the things I would say is don't accept 
that um, don't accept what people offer you first, right? So you have to get, you have to be informed and you have to make connections with people and you have to have conversations. So I would have, if I didn't already know about that, that social media post that said that they were starting at $400, I would have probably reached out to other people and been like, Hey, like this seems a little low. Right. So this is Mm -hmm. something that you, you have to begin doing is really understanding your value and what you bring to them. I don't think they knew the size of my platform and who I know and what I've been working on and that I, that I run a financial retreat for women. It was international. People came from all over in Canada. Like they didn't know that about me. They just saw me on, on social media and just thought I would be excited that they reached out. (laughs) And and I was like, no girl, no. (laughs) And, and I'm going to walk away if they try to lowball me. I'm not, I'm just not going to do it. So you definitely did count. No, I just, I mentioned where I saw the end. I was like, oh yes. And I basically was like, oh my God, this is so weird because, (laughs) because I, I uh, I was like, I was totally going to reach out to you. This, we were supposed to connect. Right. And I said, I saw that um, you you are starting people at, you know, you had mentioned that you're starting people at 400. So I pretended like I never saw the other counter off the other, the other uh, $200 Mm -hmm. thing. I just ignored it. I ignored it because I'm not going to get, no, because that as big as this platform is, I know what kind of money they make in um, media ads, online, online ads and and affiliates and stuff. They can afford to pay me more than 400 bucks. Yeah. And not, and not only them being able to pay you, um, you know, affording to be able to pay you, but you know, your worth and that's the bottom line. Like, don't, don't try to downplay me and my knowledge when you're getting everything of me like you just get paid I mean of course we want the money of course we want the money but um you are putting your all into this that's that's your project that they're putting their name to and I think that's where a lot of businesses well and also I have my own products goods and services so I also do other things so I don't have to say yes to them and and honestly um even if I didn't do other things there are other organizations that I can pitch so you know and and may feel comfortable accepting a two hundred dollar offer from um, and else. and actually like I don't mind necessarily getting paid two hundred bucks, but I'm not. It depends. Like it depends. Like I I don't mind two hundred bucks, but it really depends on what it is, you know. So right. um, but not with them because for the, for this organization, I'm like, come on. <laughs> yeah. they, they they definitely yeah, yeah, tried like, it. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love your attitude about, um, you know, this whole money thing. So tell me when, tell us, when did you fall in love with money? Like, when did you know you had it all figured out? Because honestly, along my journey um, with rebuilding my own personal finances and the more that I, you know, dug my head in the books and learned about, you know, how the, the richest of the rich were being able to, you know, retain all of this money is the more that I fell in love with it. So when I'm going to be honest, I don't love or dislike money. It's just a tool. Like I have no emotion for it. Right. I I would say that I really hate debt like that. I have an emotion about. Okay. Um, I love learning more so that I'm really empowered with um, the decisions that I'm making before I was just 
really ignorant about everything. Like basically when I was younger, when I was in high school, I'm an only child. And when I was in high school, I kept asking my mom, I was like, mom, you know, I really want to work and I want to buy what I want to buy. And I don't want to have to ask you for permission. And my, I'll never forget this. My mom goes, once you start working, you never stop. <laughs> and she, like, I never babysat as a kid, by the way. Um, so I never had a, like mm -hmm. those little jobs that kids do. Um, my mom really didn't want me to have that experience because she had brothers and sisters and she had to help raise them and babysit them. And she, you know, they, right. didn't, they, her family life was very interesting. I don't want to get into it because that's her business, but she had to collect mm -hmm. bottles and like, it was a lot. So it was really, she had a hard time growing up. And so with me, she didn't want me to have that feeling that she did of lack and that kind of thing. So she was really resistant right. to the idea of me working when I was younger. Um, and then finally I, I, I wore like her that. down and I was like, I want to work, you know, cause I want to work. And I, I will also say the other thing that I, I, when I look back at money and work and just, um, how I ha like thought about money, I learned to work hard and be an ethical worker. I didn't get lessons on like saving money or managing financial tools, not because my mom was a bad, like my parents are divorced, not because she was bad with money, actually. It's just that th those were the lessons she had. And so I think at this time, again, there's 40 million people unemployed in industries that quite frankly are not bouncing back. We can talk about that later. And um, there are a lot of people who are work, who, who are kind of raised the same way. They're like, work hard, show up, like be on time, be early, be ethical. But that's a very different, that's a great yeah. lesson. Those are good things to know, but that's very different than um, the kids that I grew up around who are like told, hey, we started a, you know, um, an account for our, our son or daughter. No, no. In fact, uh, my grandma and grandpa started an account for me when I was born. That's a different conversation, yep. you know, and grandma and grandpa told me how to save. And we would talk about that. Like the financial conversations weren't there. So there's a reason why I, um, as hard as it is, because I am not, I am not at the end of my financial journey. It's, it's going to be my whole life because I have habits that are like, like ingrained in me. And so they're really hard to, to navigate around. It's taken years for me to, to, to be where I'm at now. And, um, I will be yeah. very, uh, transparent and say that in the past year, again, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I've, I've paid off $60,000 in debt since 2015 as an entrepreneur. I don't even understand how I was able to do this by the way. Um, but one of the things <laughs> that happened last year is there's a certain amount of energy that, that it takes to do that kind of thing. And I stalled out with the last $5,000. So for a year, I was just like, I've stalled out $5,500. It's not that a lot. It does, it's nothing compared to 60. And I just got so dang tired, tired, like just so, so weary, tired of dealing with this project. And um, it's, it's so bad. It's funny to me that it took me a year to be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like let's get this last <laughs> little chunk done because then I have two other bills, right? 
then I have my student loans and then I have another bill. Um, but it's funny because when I started, I had easily way over 30 plus creditors. So like the complexity that I was dealing with, the people, the amount of emails, the text messages, the mail mm -hmm. in the mailbox, like it was so hard. Um, and so I've decided it that it's okay that I stalled out for a year <laughs> on this last. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes a lot of, yes. And it takes yes. a ton of discipline too. Yes. Like it is not an easy task. It is, it's, it is a complete yes. life makeover. Um, you have to be all and I was, or nothing, but then I just, I needed a break yeah. because I'm, I mean, I'm human. And especially I added, you know, running my own business to it too, which complicated things. So I think it would have been, and I'm glad that I did what I did. Like, I don't regret it, but um, it definitely added a layer of complexity because entrepreneurship is so scary, right? So. I love it. I, I, I honestly, um, that's something I've never been afraid of. And even going back to, I asked you the question about you loving money and loving finance um, is my answer now is that once you learn money yes. and know that it's all a game, once yes. you know how to play Monopoly, yes. honey, it's like money comes yes. in like crazy. Um, and it's money is energy. So you have to understand that once you know how it works, you can you can draw it in. in it's so weird. Um, it's funny that you um, say that because one of, I have superpowers, right? Um, and I'm not saying it to be weird, but yeah. one of my superpowers, people joke about these things, right? I get free stuff all the time, like all the time. Like I got it actually this mm -hmm. weekend, like all the time. I get free stuff all the time. Once you tap into the energy of drawing money to you, it's it's like, oh, wait a minute. Why was it so hard before? So I think that this point you're making is huge. Yeah. And um, I should also say when I was in college, I had originally planned to get an economics degree. And I ended up changing mm -hmm. my mind because I got teased about it. And people were like, why are you getting an economics degree? It's only old white dudes. So it's really funny now because I'm like this <laughs> black woman who's, who still loves money and, and, and the politics of it, yeah. which we're seeing playing out right now with the, the rioting. It's not just about the murder of Joy, George, George, excuse me, Floyd and all the other black people murdered by the cops. It's also mm -hmm. about poverty, lack of opportunity and, and, and wealth distributions. Like there's a lot going on. And um, so it's, it's weird to me that I, I kind of full circled back to, you know, what I was interested I, in to begin with. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I said. I think the part of the life's journey is understanding what your passion is early on, because it would cut out so much, you know, it would cut out so much or, in between, but then, but then again, you have to go through it to, you know, grow through it. And then you learn from your mistakes. I think so I was one of those, better. like I, I had to learn the hard way. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that's better because you came yeah. out like a beast. Now you, you know, your super, your superpower and you you can use it to your advantage and not have someone use it on you for you to sit back like, oh, okay, wait, like a self-reflection moment. Now, you know, it firsthand and, and no one can use it against you. You're totally you know, killing in your face. I don't know if I'm killing it, but I, I feel like, well, give me another year. I, I feel, I, I don't know. You're, okay, you're I'll, I'll, you know, I, I feel like I, I'm at the cusp of something and, and we'll put it that way, but it's mm -hmm. been a lot of work. It, I mean, like I said, yeah. I started in 2020 or 2012, excuse me, 2020. Yeah. 2012. And it's 2020 yeah. now. So, 
and you are full-time yeah. entrepreneur so am I how um and I think a lot of people um when they hear that they hear one they automatically think struggle and don't get me wrong entrepreneurship is a struggle as long as you want it to be a struggle you just can't sit there and not do nothing when things are going right um but as long as you're moving forward um you can totally turn everything around um and that was my case in my business and a lot of people I think hearing full-time entrepreneurship they think that you have all this time on your hands which is not the case no um I think for me the 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 thing that was complicated for me is I have a digital digital business like everything's digital focusing or facing and Uh so what was complicated was figuring out what I wanted to do who I wanted to serve and the the monetization mix that made sense for me. So with digital entrepreneurs, there's just so many ways that they can make money online. And I think you can get really um, like stuck in the weeds trying to figure that out. So you could have, you know, a thousand digital entrepreneurs lined up in a row and you could ask each one of them, how do you, how do you make money? And they will, how do you make money online? And they will say something very different each one of them. And so for me, that was a really hard part of my journey because it was just like so hard trying to figure out what excited me, what translated um, to, to something that could potentially be profitable online and what was, what was in alignment with my personal mission. So it, it took a while. And then I also complicated things because I had two projects. So I had to pause one of them. I had to pause the Colorado project for a while so that I could really get Michelle, Michelle's money hungry going. And, and I felt like that was the more, the, the more difficult of the two to get running because my, my Colorado stuff in the beginning was just, it just was so easy. Um, and so I focused yeah. on the harder, harder thing, Um, But that's great now because I'm about to start really focusing on growing the Colorado project. And I think it's going to be much easier because it was easy before. And now I've learned all these other lessons that I can apply to it. Um, And and I think it's going to be much easier to do than than running a personal finance site. (laughs) So, yeah. Yes, you got it down. So how are you, you know, you still have to be, you know, a woman and live your life. How are you managing, you know, the work-life balance? Because, you know, entrepreneurship is still work. Um, So I have um, very specific ways of working. So I don't know that it's, it. I work in such a way that um, I don't have to worry about that question. So I tend to really go all in Monday through Thursday like really, really long days. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very protective of my weekends. So I, with my emails, I have autoresponders. I am not available to people over the weekend. Um, actually, I'm not available to people after like 12 on Friday. Um, partly because in mm-hmm. Colorado, like 12 on Friday, everyone goes to the mountains. Like like that's like our, our um, um, traffic picks up for the weekend around 12. So mm-hmm. I know like out East and stuff, especially in the bigger cities, like people are like, it's five o'clock. We're still working. We don't do that. We're like, we're done. We're out. And so, um, <laughs> and, and so I like that. <laughs> um, so I will yeah. have really long work days, Monday through Thursday. I work from patios even before the Rona. I, I worked from patios. So today I worked on a patio, um, because I live near some coffee shops that have really nice patios. I had a glass of wine and I just did what I have to do. Um, I make sure that I prioritize going to the mountains cause I, that's important to me. So the things that I 
need to have happen to keep me healthy and, and well, that is a non-negotiable because I work for myself. It makes no sense mm -hmm. to not prioritize that um, if I work for myself. You know, um, if I'm working for someone else, they, they can dictate what my time does, but I do. So I, you know, have uh, fitness classes. I still do online. So um, they, they're taught yeah. live, but they're online. And on Wednesday, Thursday and Saturdays, I have those classes. Now that our stay at home order has been basically lifted, I can go to the mountains again and, and do stuff there. Um, I will stay overnight in the mountains. Um you know, every, every five to six weeks actually. Um, and just stay up mm -hmm. there and just relax and, and work for, in front of a fireplace. Um, so I really, uh, make sure that as I do what I need to do, like I'm on task I'm focused and, um, I work digitally so I can do it from anywhere and that's great. Yeah. And I love that. Um, I would say in the past three months, I'm just, um, you know, getting in the work schedule that I, I like. And what's so crazy is I just took off like a me day from my schedule. I had my appointment, um, uh -huh. had my calendar open oh, no. every single day. And what I, yes. And what I found that um, was happening, like whether I responded back to the emails right away, even if it was like, Hey, thanks. I got your information and give me some time to get back to you. Mm -hmm. Short responses like that it was still cutting into, you know, my, my mother and daughter time with my kid, or if I'm with my sister or mom or just out and about, I always felt obligated mm -hmm. to respond right away. Like I'm one of those people who have to do it, like when it's on my mind or I'll totally forget. And it's even with, um, you know, my store and my shop, like once I get orders, I do not sit on them. I like to, you know, get them fulfilled right away I had to lose that spirit because I'm just like girl that's it's not too much life. <laughs> you it's are too draining much. yourself you have to have yeah. boundaries and you have to set them and um the best thing I ever did was setting the email boundaries actually so yes. just having autoresponders for all my different emails that I have <laughs> yeah. um was great because then people were really clear about what was going to happen next so my autoresponder literally says if you email me, basically, like if you email me over the weekend, I'm probably hiking and I will um, respond to you between 24 to 48 hours during the work week. Mm -hmm. And then the other piece is it does communicate that I'm not available after um, 5 p.m. or after 12 uh, Monday through Thursday or after 12 ish on Friday. Like they it is clear what is going to happen. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I've done is um, I also. I only record, this is unusual that I would record on a Tuesday, to be honest. Um, I'm typically only available on Wednesday and Thursdays um, for my, like recording on my show. I have so many episodes that are pre-recorded already that I've, mm -hmm. um, I'm not recording with people anymore after uh, this week, uh, just because I have enough episodes. I just need yeah. to get them out. Um, <laughs> but I, but I want to be a guest on other people's shows. Yeah. So I'm available on Wednesday and Thursdays every other week for that. So I, I, I can't always be available. And I think for, for entrepreneurs, that's a really hard lesson, but I'm not going to be fresh and, and present and excited to be with you if I'm always like available to you. Yeah. It's just not going to work. So, yes. And mm -hmm. you know what else um, I find is that 
people take advantage of that too. They think um, because you always respond or that they know you may have just made a post on Instagram where your calendar says that you're open, that you are available, open and available to them. So that was something that I had to, you know, accept and understand. And it has been working for me. And after listening to what you just said, I may even have to go update my autoresponders because even when I reached out to you, I definitely received an you, autoresponder. You were fast. Yeah. But, but I know, I know you got the responder because I get it too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I am not always available and there's just, it's just not, it's not negotiable anymore. And honestly, my productivity went way back, way up. Um, the other thing that I do is I don't like working from home um, because I live in a small space. I, I love mm-hmm. my space, but it's really just dis- distracting because I see all the things I could be working on or cleaning or whatever, you know, like how any yeah. person is in their home. And so I typically would go, like I said, to a patio, like at a coffee shop or co-working space. It's been really challenging because obviously co-working spaces we're not open. Um, And so I just started returning to co-working spaces last week because now they're starting to reopen again. Um, So that's been great because um, I'm like 50 times more productive in a space dedicated to work versus being in my home. I don't want to be working in my home unless if I had like an office, it'd be different, but I look, my place is too small for an office. So it doesn't work. I had to make that space because I found myself um, in the bed until one o'clock. Oh, no. Oh, no. On my laptop. No, um, no, no. Be- yeah, this was the, like the beginning stages of coming out of work and everything. Oh, um, yeah. And I had to create a space. I'm like, okay, my daughter's home. I can't just up and leave her. So I have to create a space here in my home for me to have, you know, an office. Yeah. So that's what I did. And ever since I did, it has been easy. So I have like designated times where I'm going to wake up in the morning, you know, make my coffee, my bagel, do my breakfast thing, listen to, um, I love tarot. So I'll I'll listen to some readings. I'll listen to, you know, TD Jakes podcast, other podcasts. I have my me time, Uh of course, in the morning. And then I go straight to work Uh until my off time. And then it's like my days now, because I finally have a system that works are so much easier from when I first started, um, first stepped out in, in my journey of entrepreneurship back in August. So yes, absolutely. I totally agree. And once um, everything is open here in Maryland, things are not fully open yet. Mm-hmm. So once other spaces, you know, restaurants are opening who have patios and stuff, I would definitely be taking advantage of that as well. I love the patios. Um, it's a huge thing here to have because it's not humid. Like our mm-hmm. humidity you, makes everyone laugh when we're like, oh my God, it's so humid. Everyone's like, it's 12%. What is wrong with you people? So um, oh, no. here you're going to be sweating bullets. So even today I was like, oh my God, the, you know, before we got on the call, I was talking about how hot it was. Mm-hmm. We had like a little over 12% humidity and I was just like, this is intense. <laughs> so so I'm really excited that the co-working spaces have opened up and um, it's, it's made a big difference to my business. Yes. I love that. Um, and for the listeners, um, the entrepreneurs who are listening, if you work from home, that is a okay. It's just give yourself, you know, some time, some, a lot of time to, you know, do the things that you need to do, make, you know, a space in the closet if you have to, or find a different spot in your bedroom or create a, create your own little space at home. If you cannot step away, um, it will make your workday a lot easier. 
So um, what are your business goals? I, I hear that you're working on some new projects and you're getting the Colorado project um, back going. But other than that, what is your biggest focus right now? And where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? Well, I, uh, 10 years is a little too far for me to like. Okay, let's go five. So um, <laughs> I do vision board. Uh, my 2020 vision board has been thrown out and we are reworking it as you could imagine. Um, I really uh, like to do one, three and five year plans. And mm-hmm. currently the, the big focus, quite honestly, is to grow my online income period, end of story. I love making money online. I love it, love it, love it, love it. I love waking up. And really quick, Mm -hmm. yes, really quick. You actually show what you earn online every month. Um, I used to, I don't do it now. So I saw that and I was just like, okay, I used to, I might do it. (laughs) I might start again. Um, but basically I make money several different ways. And, um, Uh like I said, it took a while to figure out the revenue streams that I enjoyed and the work that I enjoyed doing now that, that I figured that all out, I, um, really want to focus on growing my online, uh, my, uh, digital income because Mm -hmm. there's nothing better than getting a, you know, a, Uh, affiliate income notification or a product sale notification and it's all digital. So I don't have to facilitate things for people. Um, I do have one product where I do facilitate um, discussion, but I like to talk as you can tell on this show. Um, So that's easy. Like that's fun for me. Uh, But in general, the way that I like to make money is to do things that are one and done and then pay over time. So, um, This year, especially because it's going to be like, I'm not going to be going overseas. And quite frankly, most countries would not have us right now because because we've got problems. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) so so for a lot of people, they could be thinking about all of the things that um, aren't going to happen. But it's a huge opportunity for entrepreneurs. And I'm going to say why Um, there are a couple of reasons. One is this uh, there's distractions have been eliminated in, in, uh, in the sense that we can't do a lot of the stuff that would have distracted us before. So because I'm not going to necessarily be traveling around and flitting around and doing stuff, I have um, a lot of time to um, focus on the things that have to happen in order to meet the goals that I've set for myself. Um, there are conference to, conferences that I won't be attending just because I don't necessarily want to travel too much. Um, a lot of the conferences that I would have been in the um, process of going to, like maybe they would have been happening right now or in the summer. They're not. Um, there's one event that I'm going to that's happening in July, but it's here in Colorado. So it's like an hour and a half from my house, even though I'm staying from staying there, it's like super close. It's not a big deal. Um, so a lot of like my upcoming travel will be at the end of fall when most events have rescheduled. So it's looking like I have months of time to just, just like crank stuff out. And I think that a lot of people need to rethink where their focus should be, how to pivot, how to really dig in deep. All the travel, um, like content creators right now, besides just having tons of content that they could put out right now about what it, like, for example, what is it like to visit your town right now? Because it's very different Mm -hmm. than in February. 
right? Like where do you find bathrooms? Because they're not all open like they used to be. Um, Do you have to wear a mask? Um, Do you have to like, does it like, does it matter which city you're in for masks? So like Denver, where I live, if you go into a place of business, it's likely you have to wear a mask, period. Um, We aren't necessarily shaming people if they aren't, but I would say there's, you know, they've mandated it and there's a high compliance with it. So if you come from another state and you just want to do what you do, um, you might be looked at sideways. And, and is that oh, yeah. the kind of trip you want? So, so because of that, I, I was like, well, this is an opportunity. So I was already publishing a book unironically called time to visit Denver. <laughs> like I was already <laughs> publishing this book. No, that was definitely the universe <laughs> working in your favor. Um, and, I, and I was like, well, dang, I was going to kind of write it completely differently. But then I was like, we're in the moment that we're in and I'm going to address all these things. Right. And so I'm addressing all the stuff that's happening now because that helps people who decide to, because people are going to travel and do what they want to do. Right. Um, and so I think that it's important for entrepreneurs listening to the show to really take a moment, take a deep breath because it's so, everything's so intense and so crazy and just sit there and think, okay, what are the things that I can do to be of service now within the context, within the framework of the, of the business that I'm running? Um, a great example of that is uh, the entire time that we had our quarantine, our restaurants were still open um, for pickup or delivery. But one of the things that a lot of restaurant owners did, which was brilliant, was they rethought how do we, what do we, how do we offer what we do in a different way? So there is um, a vegetarian restaurant in town. They call it Plant Forward because that you know millennials. But um, I tease, I tease. But um, it's a wonderful, and I'm not a vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian, but I'm not necessarily a vegetarian. But I love this place, and so now mm-hmm. they have done a couple of things. They have a Food, uh, a fruit and vegetable box that you can order weekly, like a, a weekly subscription. So they just built in predictable income into their business with this subscription. And that that fruit and veg box is amazing. They created meal yeah, kits. Again, this is, this is all vegans and vegetarians who really love this place, right? And other people who want to eat clean. So they um, created meal kits so that you could cook, like finish the meal once you got home. Similar to what? Sun Basket and Blue Apron, but a local business. Yep. They also, um, they changed the law in Denver so that people could take alcohol home, like you could take it with you. And Same yeah, here, which really. is brilliant, quite <laughs> honestly, because a lot of people, yes, a lot of restaurants make the bulk of their money with uh, alcohol sales. So they have the cocktails that you can purchase. Um, You can go in and do like kind of a market situation outside of the subscription box. Um, Or you can just order um, your meals or your entrees or what have you. So they ended up creating like four or five different offerings. And one was a subscription-based offering. So yes, I love that. And right now is the time. I think this this time should have been eye-opening for a lot of people. And um I think a lot of people get offended too, because I am one who stress entrepreneurship. I don't, I'm not pushy about it, but I just feel like one, you should have multiple streams right. of income too. And, and definitely one of them outside of getting paid from an employer should be making your own means, um, making your own means period. 
Um, and I think a lot of people get offended by that because I, I always ask the question, like, what else can you do besides work? Well, I think else? that the reason um, why that's a, it's not an offensive question, but it, it's a scary one for people because not every, like, yeah. I am not a natural entrepreneur. I'm not, I'm a, I'm a good salesperson because I like to talk to people and I'm good at getting them to buy things. And I've been a brand ambassador and I've been in roles where you have to persuade people to do stuff. But mm-hmm. being bold about selling a thing that you created is it's a different energy. And so for me, that might be triggering a fear that people don't even realize that they have. But now you are 175% right uh, that there are a lot of people being like, holy crap, what am I going to do? Gonna and do? they should have been like that three yep. or four years ago when the, the United States government didn't pay the people. <laughs> the first yeah. time they did right. it, the fir- because they did it more than once. The first time the U.S. government was like, you know what? We're going to make you work for free. And it lasts yeah. like six weeks. It was crazy. That, was crazy. Crazy. that should yes. have been an eye yes. opener then. Yes. You are so right. when, when I was seeing stuff like that, I'm like, you know what? We're good. <laughs> like, like, you don't <laughs> care about right. me and mine. And so I always have to make sure I care more than you do, which is not at all. So I have to care. Yeah, I have to attract as much income to me. And, and, and it goes back to Michelle's Money Hungry because I saw stuff like that. And I was like, that's low down. You made these people go yeah. into de- Like, I've been in debt with how many debts? And when you get behind like that, depending on what it is, you might not be able to bounce back. Like, I, I wonder. No, a lot of yeah, times. Yeah, like, no I wonder out. for some of the people who got royally screwed from that situation, like, were they kicked out of their homes? I'll never forget. In fact, the second time that happened, the government didn't pay people. There was a woman in Maryland because I remember this and she had this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. home. And she said, I have $2. Now, what if she had like a selling on eBay hobby or she wrote, right. you know, eBooks about a thing that she was really passionate about that was interesting and people purchase those eBooks or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't ever want people to not know how to um, sell things um, or have us like be able to sell a skill or what have you, or flip furniture. Like you, you have to know how to do a thing. You just do because yes, things are outside do. of your control. So because I make money online and I work for myself, I didn't have to worry about other people deciding for me that I had to go out into the world with the coronavirus and, and endanger myself. I didn't have to make that choice, you know? And I'm not saying that, and I know lots of people in my family who had to, period, you know? So same, same. And like I said, I I think that just goes back to, you know, our upbringing and the struggles of, you know, generations of just knowing and really believing that you have to work for every single dollar, Mm -hmm. like work hard for every single dollar Mm -hmm. that you make, um, so it's a learning, it's definitely a learning thing, but that's, that's where it comes in for like people like you and I who provide tons of resources and a bunch of different tools for you to be able to one, come out of your shell and two, learn different things. So you can, you know, maneuver in a different way and also teach, um, even your mom having you wait to work that has set you up in ways that, you know, maybe she didn't even exactly. recognize at the time. Um, and you're using a lot of that 
to, you know, motivate you and, and help you excel forward now. So, um, and that actually that's something that I tell my daughter all the time. I'm just like, you don't have to work. I started working when I was 14. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to, but I wanted to work really bad. I wanted my own money, but my parents mm-hmm. bought my first car. They put gas in it. They paid my car insurance. Mm-hmm. I had a cell phone. I had a pager <laughs> first. Let's go. Let's go all the way back there. So they paid, you know, they paid my 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 pager bill and and stuff like that. But um, like you said, it's once you start working, you don't stop. So I always stress to my daughter, I'm like, stay in school, get your education, have fun with your friends, worry about work when it's time. I don't want her to worry. But about I work actually think I want to I want to counter that and say, um, she, I don't know that that was a good thing for my mom to do for me. So um, mm-hmm. I think when did you start? I was well, when did you start working? So I'm glad that I didn't babysit because okay. I don't want to be dealing with no, no one else's kids. I love kids too. I, re- I love them now. Right. I think partly because <laughs> I never babysat. Um, but I think that there was a, an in-between, like room for an in-between. I enjoyed my job. I, I will never forget it because I worked in downtown Denver at Tabor Center. There was a food court on the upstairs like level. And I worked in a sandwich shop and mm-hmm. I was making like, bank for that time. And I loved it because then I could just make my little money and buy what I wanted. But, um, the problem was that I was making my little money, but there wasn't like, okay, so you need to save this and you won't do that. You like, cause you're so into like, that's not you. Um, but what I would say is I, I feel like, um, I feel like it's not bad to, to encourage like specifically entrepreneurship and in, in younger, younger people. Mm-hmm. There is a young lady. She's African-American here in my town. She's my friend's daughter and she's a published author. And I actually want, to, and she's like 13, she's young, but these are like, I'm going to read her books because the yes, books I look amazing. That. Like yeah, they're young adult, that. like a uh, <laughs> paranormal kind of thing going on. Um, and I would like to mm-hmm. actually interview her for my square state podcast because I'm so fascinated by how she got into it. Um, how she wrote the book, like, I love this, that she's 13 and did this. So yeah. I think that entrepreneurship is, is an exciting thing for young people because you can leverage the internet and you don't have to be dealing with people face to face. So I think that that is exciting in terms of how can we encourage young people to make money without like having to do like what I did, which was make sandwiches. <laughs> yes. And just like, like we were talking about earlier, life coming back full circle for you. So if we can get these kids yes. at 13 to think entrepreneurship and, you know, yes. savings and investing and then vacations and living their best yes. lights at 13, we can save them from a ton of heartache, struggle, Woo, pain, girl. you know, all of the things that we went through moving forward. And that's the type of life that yeah. I want to set my daughter up for. Of course, education is very important. Um, you can self-educate college um, here on the 30 girl. We're not yes. college or nothing. So there are a ton of different ways that you can get tools that you need to succeed. But that's the mission here is that we want to catch these kids as young as possible. So we can be like the young woman in your town. Um, the young girl in your she's town not, who's already a boss yes, yes. at 13. So I'm like, I got to shout her yeah, out, I you know, that. and uh, I need to reach out to her mom yeah. and be like, um, so, cause they market the books and, and I'm going to be like, Hey, I would uh-huh. love to, um, interview your daughter. I'm going to read the books first though. 
So I'm not going to let them know that I'm doing this, yeah. but I'm going to read the books first, get her paid. And then I'm going to reach out and be like, I read your books and I would love to interview you. Yes, I love that. And send me the links too. I'll definitely support, um, get the, the books for my daughter yes. and my nieces. Um, they're into all of that stuff. I'm not really into the paranormal thing, but I will I read it. It, is because, you know, but it doesn't them. matter if I read it because it looked, it looked, I'm not excited about the book. So yes. I, I feel like I, I'm excited. Yes. So let's talk money. What can you do or what tools can you give or what tools do you provide right now? Um, other outside of your, your free blogs, of course, if you all haven't um, yet, stay your website so they know okay. exactly where to go. And So I share personal finance, entrepreneurship and lifestyle design content on my website, michelleismoneyhungry.com, as well as my podcast, which has the same mm -hmm. name. The podcast is on um, Apple. Um, I cannot forget. I cannot remember. They, it's not iTunes anymore. It's Apple Podcasts, I think. It's, I say the <laughs> same thing. I'm like, it's so yeah, iTunes. Yeah, so Apple and Podcasts, Stitcher, <laughs> and Spotify, as well as on the actual website itself. So you can find that content there. Um, I also talk on my Instagram feed, and um, I'm making a pretty aggressive effort to get out on other people's shows as well. Yeah. And what tools could you give us here on the 30 girl podcast that could get some women going? Um, a lot of women like to write. I mean, we've been writing in journals since we were five or six years old. You know, I think that's something that has been passed down for generations in all cultures with women is we always gave, I don't know about you, but a pen and a, a cute notebook was something that my I, mom I'm always I'm all about gave notebook me. life. <laughs> um, so are you? Yes. So, and let me tell you, I have hundreds and if I see one, no, no, cute, I'm, I'm obsessive. So are you saying like not. tools for finance <laughs> yeah. or, or tools for entrepreneurship? Um, blogging. Um, let's talk blogging. If you love to write um, and you want to start or even entrepreneurship, just what could you give the listeners who just want to start something, but don't even know so I, their thing okay. or not? What's so I have a free toolkit that I've, I've put together called do it ugly. And, um, with do it ugly, I basically share how I started my blog, my podcast, um, my just the, the different projects that I've done. And the emphasis is on, I did it, uh, cheap and ugly. <laughs> um, and the reason why mm -hmm. is one, you have to decide if you even like what you're doing. So if you go to michelleismoneyhungry.com backslash do it ugly, um, I think there's dashes between the do it and ugly. So Michelle is moneyhungry.com do dash mm -hmm. it dash ugly. Um, you will be able to find that toolkit and I'll share a link um, as well with you after the show. Um, and the idea is that done is always better than perfect. I think people are way too much in their heads about mm -hmm. perfection and crisp audio for podcasts yeah. and like well-crafted blog posts. And I'm like, it doesn't matter if it's not out, who cares? If, if you don't produce a thing, it makes no yep. difference to me because it's not out. So I'd rather it be um, yep. funky in the beginning because you're new and get it out there versus not done at all. And quite honestly, just like with any craft, whether it is writing, blog, you know, like blogging, podcasting, vlogging, what have you, it's always crappy in the beginning. That's just how it is. Like, that's just, that's like... Yep. When you're a small child and you're learning to work, to walk, excuse me, you crawl first. 
then you you stand up and you fall and you stand up and you mm -hmm. fall and you stand up and you fall and then you and then you start walking and then sometimes you fall like that's just how it works and i think that a lot of people who are looking to create content online in particular they want they have this idea that it has to be perfect when it when it's out and i'm like yes. hello i've done this for 8 years <laughs> and my first blog yeah. was a free platform that i used that i share in the in, in the toolkit so it, it's it's like just mm -hmm. get the content out there and refine as you go. Just start where you're at is right. basically what I'm saying. So for my podcast, I use a free tool that was not for podcasting, by the way, start where you're at. And then as you get better, mm -hmm. if you like what you're doing, you will naturally start to upgrade the tools that you use. If you dislike it, you are not out of pocket. You know, um, pe people always trying to spend money on stuff that they haven't proven that they're that, like, come on. So, yeah, that yeah, it works. Or even if you're going to like it. And I'm so happy you're saying all of this because I think no, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to launch three months from now. And I'll just look at them like, why are you waiting three months? I have to get my labels and I have to get this and I have to do this. And this needs to be right. And the website needs to be right. And honestly, to sell anything, you don't you need, need social media, any merchandise <laughs> like, to start anything. Yes, that's it. You do you know that a lot of these yes. shops do pre-orders anyway? Do you think they have tons of in inventory sitting in, in a warehouse waiting for you to buy it? Of course, like your Fashion Novas and though they are warehouse stores. Are you kidding me? Um, but the other small businesses that we purchase from, they're getting from other stores. They're other sister stores or they're once you place your order, they're placing their order with their exactly. vendor. That's how it works. And do it ugly is was brilliant let me just tell you that and i am going to go um get a copy of that it's like a little myself. course actually um, so it's not an ebook but it's it's like a, it's a course but it's easy it's like it'll take you like 20 minutes maybe yeah <laughs> you're a pro though so yes. do it i yes i stress mm -hmm. i stress the just do it perfect it later Get your labels perfected later. Change your and logo like I said, I rebranded, and so when I rebranded, um, I lost, I lost, um, yeah. a lot of the momentum that I had before. But but that I knew that that was going to happen. Rebranding, by the way, does take longer than you think. But that's another conversation. So, yes, I still love it, and I totally agree. Start now. Start with what you exactly. have. Figure the rest out along the way. Yes. So what else are you working on now um, outside of the Colorado project and where can we follow you at? Where? So I actually you know? make money with eBooks and run a academy and course called make money with eBooks. Um, right now the course is closed because I'm focusing on the academy. Okay. Um, I feel like it's a much more affordable okay. and easy way to help people publish their first books. Um, and it's just a lot of fun for me. So that's the only thing that I do where I actually facilitate things, um, like conversation with people, which I kind of talked about earlier, um, in the episode. Um, I love it, love it, love it. You can check it out at michelleismoneyhungry.com backslash academy, um, to check it out. Uh, it's 20, it's 30, $37 a month or a one-time, um, $350 for lifetime access. Um, currently I'm also a mentor mm -hmm. for, uh, women of color who are, who are, uh, here in Denver, uh, who are podcasting, uh, for the first time. So this is my second year where I'm mentoring 
where I'm mentoring uh, women of color in the podcasting space, new podcasters in a, yeah, uh, in a program called um, uh, Amped, uh, or it's with an organization called Amped from the margins to the center. And it's through an organization, through Mm -hmm. a podcasting co-working space here in Denver. Um, There's maybe like three podcasting co-working spaces that I know of in the United States. So it's a really, really cool opportunity to help women of color get our voices heard um, and out there in the world. Um, And then uh, basically I'm just focusing on growing my online income and helping other people do the same. Like my primary mission with the content on my podcast in particular is uh, when I do interviews, I'm typically interviewing people who are making money selling what they already know, but online. So if you're really gifted at writing, or if you're really gifted at, um, flipping, you know, furniture, or you're really gifted at fashion. Um, my goal is to get people to figure out how to leverage that online. I obviously am not the end all, like, I don't know all this. So I, I like to connect with other people um, right. about that specific topic. I also do my own episodes as well. Um, you can follow me on Michelle is money hungry, uh, or rather at Michelle is money hungry.com. Um, or, uh, again, listen to the show or on my social media feeds. So. Yes, Michelle, you are awesome. You are killing it. And I would love for one of those podcasting co-working spaces to be here. I'll have to check to see if we have one here. I'm sure the, you do. May, I mean, maybe area. that's one um, of the other two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I will look. I will definitely look into that. So I always ask my listeners this question, and it is, when did you become a 30 girl? Like, when did it all click for you um, in life? At what point? I feel like that's age, still happening. <laughs> yeah, and you that's, know that's that is still happening. For a lot still, of people. I'm still, you know, <laughs> I'm still learning, and uh, it's still a process. And like a lot of people would sit there and be like, "I can't believe you stalled out in the last five fifty five hundred dollars." And I was like, "I did." Yeah. Um, and um, I just, I just could not whip up the energy to get that done. I should also mention, I ran my event, my first in-person event uh, during that time. And so Mm -hmm. um, I did this really audacious thing and I was like, I cannot lose money on this event. So I ran like a $10,000 event that I ended up being in the black for, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. But the amount of energy that it took to run the event, (laughs) just, you know, uh, siphoned off any energy that I would have had to, to work on the debt, which I didn't, I didn't consider. Right. So, um, I had attended a different event, um, like a a year before. And I was like, huh, I love this. I'm going to do this too. And, and I had 10 years of experience doing (laughs) events at a university as part of my job. So it wasn't like I didn't have the skills, but it's different when you're paying $10,000 out of your pocket Mm -hmm. versus, you know, using your, 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 um, office's credit card and it's not coming out, you know, it's not coming out of your pocket. So, um, I am still learning, like maybe in retrospect, I shouldn't have done that, but it's too late now. It's already done. And people had a fabulous time and and we ate, you know, it was great. Um, and I learned and I was very fortunate because I didn't lose money. Typically people lose money on their first events. Um, that are big in the way that that was, that one was. So I'm still, I'm still a, a, um, I'm still in process and progress, excuse me. So, yeah. 
Yes, I love that. And that's cool. Um, we learn as we go along. And and looking back, of course, when I first started 30 Girl, I think I became, I stopped, like you said, stalled out and then jumped back into being a 30 Girl. So it's just, you know, life has its curveballs. And as long as you're open to learning and, um, you know, being open to receiving the blessings that are for you. Exactly. Um, you'll continue. So, yes. So that's something that will go on forever. And I think um, with people like you and I, it's just a lot easier. I always say that um, <laughs> you have the gift of gab. You can I can talk to everybody. <laughs> you can pretty much win everyone. Yes. And I think that's where a lot of people get yes. so shy. They don't want to talk. They don't want to meet new people. Yes. We live in that I era have where never like no met a stranger. <laughs> all of that stuff. But you really have to get out. And it's like, you really yes. have to get out here and meet new people, like make new connections because you never know which person you're talking to is going to take you to your next level. You absolutely cannot do it alone. Um, as much as we all want to say, I'm self-made and I got myself exactly. here. It's going to, you're going to need someone. Like you're going to need someone to take exactly. you to the next level. I'm just That's shaking. I'm just nodding my head. So I'm just agreeing. And <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> like, yes, girl, preach. <laughs> I love it. And it's been a pleasure chatting with you, Michelle. And I will be, um, I did, of course, um, and I will be continuously reaching out and supporting you and all of your endeavors. And I do Thank appreciate you, so you for joining us here on the 30 Girl Podcast. I will do the same.